Now, I want to I transition into the message for today, and I'm going to tell you how cars work. Now, uh, here's the deal. We all take it for granted that we go out in the morning, and we got to go to work, and most of us, we have access to a vehicle. And so we go out there, and we take it for granted that we're going to go in, and we're going to turn on the car. Now, when I was growing up, turning on the car looked like this. You understand what I'm talking about? But apparently that was too much effort that maybe someone would hurt their wrist. So now what we do is we poke our cars. You know what I'm talking about? You just push the little button. And then I was reminded by my buddy Steve, he's like, you know, you don't have to get in the car. You can remote, just turn it on with a little button in your pocket. And I was like, how lazy do we possibly have to be that we can't possibly put a key in an ignition? So we take it for granted. We're going to go out there and go to work and our car's going to start. But sometimes it doesn't. Have you ever had that experience? Okay, it is so altering to walk out there and think you're going to go somewhere and then you can't go anywhere. That freaks you out. Now, if your car doesn't work, what's the first thing you assume is the problem? Battery's dead. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we'll say battery's dead and you say it with confidence. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right? Real quick show of hands. How many of you grew up working on vehicles or know about vehicles? Raise your hand. All right, I hate when they're up close. Okay, good, (laughs) fantastic. Now, I did not, all right? So I have zero knowledge of vehicles. I didn't grow up like that at all. As a matter of fact, in order to give the analogy I'm about to give, I had to do two hours of research. Okay, I was watching videos like how cars work for dummies. You understand what I'm talking about? Like there's no pride here, I'm terrible at this. If you know how cars work and you listen to my analogy and don't like it, keep it to yourself, okay? Everyone around you has no clue, okay? They still think Quidditch is real. Okay, so here's the point. Just leave it alone. Now, I understand for me, giving a car analogy is like a toddler giving tax advice, right? It's, it should never happen, but I need an analogy. So let me go with this, all right? We take for granted not realizing the chain reaction of how a car works, right? We think you push the button, that's how it works. No, no, no. Here's how it works. It all begins in the battery. The battery stores electricity. And so as it closes the loop, when you push that button, it closes the loop with battery power and the starter motor. motor. The starter motor is an electric piece. It's a little tiny piece that kicks a very large gear called the flywheel. After it kicks its start, it pulls back and disengages. That starter is critical because once it kicks that flywheel, it shifts from electrical power to mechanical power. In other words, you're now entering into what's called a combustion engine. Most of us have that in our vehicles. This big flywheel kicks on, turns the crankshaft, fires up the pistons that are inside the cylinder, right? Now this is where the witchcraft starts. Because once you're inside this, that our fuel injectors actually release the exact amount of fuel mist into a collection of the spark plug fire and the air. It's that combination that explodes, shoves the piston down, it springs back up, kicks out the exhaust, and it does it hundreds of times a minute. Like it is literally constant explosions going, 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 going going, going, and it's keeping your car running. From the moment that you put that into drive, the transmission engages, turns the drive line, and the tires begin to 
move. Now, is that true? I don't know. But that's what the internet said, and everything on the internet is true. Right? Praise God. Where do you think I get my theology from? That's not true. Okay. (laughs) Here's the the whole point of the analogy is that it all starts from this tiny spark, right? I mean, this tiny spark, this this minute spark, it just keeps exploding and it creates this catalytic moment that ends up leading to the activation of an entire engine that allows you to go places, like catalytic, activation, that's what this whole point is. Have you ever had a moment in your life that was catalytic, something that lit you up and you've been working off that activation ever since? I have. I was 14 years old. Now, growing up, I never had uh, Christian men to look up to, right? Uh, as close as my dad and I were, as much as he was my champion, he was not following the Lord. I, d- I didn't have any guys to look up to. All my role models were female. And so when my sister ended up dating and eventually marrying a a gentleman, he was, I was 14 at this time of the story. He was 19, right? He was a much older man at 19. And whatever he would say, I would pay special attention to. So we were at an Italian restaurant. I believe it to be Buca di Beppo. Don't write that down. I'm not sure. But anyway, we go into the restroom at the same time and we're washing our hands and he says this phrase. He said, Lance, I believe that God's going to do great things through you. Now, when he said that, he could have just been trying to be nice. He could have just said something to be sweet. But, but what it was was prophetic. What it was was that I knew in that moment God resonated something in my heart. And in that moment, I felt like there was a million flashes of vision of what that meant. When he said great things, it was not just elusive things. It was very detailed things. It was very specific things. And I began to see all these things I would do with God in ministry. And I knew in that moment, whether I was paid or not, I was always going to be in ministry. No, I didn't know that it comes with pain and and it comes with hurt and it comes with doubt and it comes with challenge. I didn't know any of that. Of course, that's all true because that's realistic. But in that moment, I knew that I was going to engage that God could use me and that I had a purpose and I had a plan. I said, I don't know if you've ever had a catalytic moment like that. You know, a lot of people, it would be your moment of salvation. You know, and normally you would hear me quote something like that, but I didn't get saved till later in life. I was six. <laughs> and I felt like it was about time I had lived a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, Lord, I need to be obedient, quite the sinner. And uh, so I went forward and I got saved at six. You see, I, I grew up where Jesus was the air I breathe. And so for me to get saved seemed a little bit more about obedience than it was about a catalytic moment because I feel like I came out of the womb catalyzed because I knew that Jesus was everything. But, but it was that moment washing my hands, having someone speak a word of prophecy into my life, whether they knew it or not. Have you ever had that? You see, I'm going to tell you a story of a catalytic moment which actually set off a chain reaction that allowed us to be here right now. It's called the Easter story right? 
I mean, I know that, that when we go out there, the, the, the world has a million stories about what Easter is like. And I'm not here to knock it, right? You know, everybody's always, you know, dogging how Easter goes. Listen, here's the deal. I'm confused why rabbits don't give live birth and they have eggs. I don't understand it. That's confusing to me. The internet says it's fine. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's weird and all that stuff, but here's the way I look at it. It involves, still involves family, it involves chocolate. I think if there's anything to add to the gospel, it would be chocolate, amen? Okay, yeah, praise the Lord. So that's not a bad thing. So there are some positives, but here's the truth. No matter what Easter story the world tells you, it's not gonna change your life. It's only the biblical story, the story about what Easter is really like. It's only the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's going to change your life. Everything else is sweet. This is not a sweet story. This is a story of power. You understand what I'm talking about? This is, this is a story that if you truly understand what it means, if you truly believe in your heart that it's true, it should change your every other moment, right? This is not playtime. So let me, let me tell you the, the Easter story. It's very simple. We know that on Good Friday, Jesus Christ hung on the cross for our sins. And what does that mean? Well, it means simply this, that our sin had separated us from God. Every human being starts out separated from God. But Jesus said, I don't want to leave it that way. I built them to be with me, so he made a way. The, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says that he hung on that cross to give us a chance, to give us an ability that one day when we become aware, we would say, Lord, I need you, and he would trade his perfect righteous life for our broken and damaged selfish one. That's what the story of the cross is. Sure enough, he dies, they take him down from the cross, and they put him in a tomb. Now, it was the Sabbath, so they had to do it rather rapidly. And there were some ladies that followed Jesus. They loved him dearly, and they said, if my king dies on my watch, he needs to be honored to the highest, and I'm not done anointing this man. So they had to wait and chill, because during the Sabbath, you can't do anything. So they waited for Saturday. Early Sunday, at the crack of dawn, they're like, I am going. So they head on the way to go anoint his body. And they're gonna have somebody roll the rock back. Well, then there's an earthquake. An angel, you find out, rolls the rock back. All the Roman guards that were standing guard there, they all possum out, ah, and they all fall over. And they're all completely passed out. And sure enough, we realize that these ladies walk up. Mary Magdalene runs ahead. She sees the rock rolled away. She's like, oh my goodness, Peter and John need to know this. She bails out and runs to tell them. The other ladies walk up. They see an open tomb. They see angels. The angel said, he's not here. He has risen. They're like, more people need to know this. They bail out. All of a sudden, Peter and John run up. They see an empty tomb. They leave. Mary runs up after them. She's crying and falling apart and Jesus shows up. And this was his, in essence, his message. Honey, we're okay. I'm alive. Death can't hold me down. And if I'm okay, that means you're okay. But I need you to go and I need you to tell everybody I got up. He began to tell the rest of the crew what was going on. He leads to the Great Commission. Hey, guys, I'm going to head out of here. I need you to take over for me. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes with power on high. And then he ascends right in front of him. That's the Easter message. 
That's the Easter story. I don't know what you've heard, but that's the true one. And here's the Christian principle. The Christian principle is that if He died, we can die with Him. And you said, what's the point of that? Because when you die with Christ, sin no longer has its hold on you. You can only be held accountable for what you did in that life. If you die with Him, sin's hold is broken. If we died with Him, then that means we can also raise with Him. And if we raise with Him, that means we walk in His power and authority. That's amazing. The resurrection activates our new life. It's not just when we die, something cool is going to happen. It means that we can be free today, right here, right now, free from all the things that begin to tear us down. Here's the deal. I'm not telling you life gets easy, but I'm telling you there's things in this world that deactivate us, and there's God's stuff that activates us. You know what I'm talking about? Deactivation is that the polarization in society, the everything's going wrong, everything's bad about the government, everything's bad about the future, everything's bad about today. That stuff just weighs on your spirit and makes you shrink and shrink and shrink. But when you connect with Jesus and he begins to say, hold on, I'm still on the throne. I'm in charge here. There is a new hope. There's a new optimism, a new faith, a new freedom. Amen? If Jesus is alive, then we get to live differently. If that moment occurred, all other moments are now different. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 13, and you who were dead in your sins, God made alive, having forgiven all of our sins, canceling the record of debt that stood against us. He set it aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Jesus Christ. Theologians say that the resurrection is the supreme fact of history. I believe that. Here's the deal. If Jesus didn't rise, there is no good news. But he did. And that means good news is real. It's more real than any experience you have. And you cannot, it's impossible to separate the cross from the resurrection and the resurrection from the cross. Why? Because what one did to save, the other did to activate. What one did to reveal, the other did to initiate. Listen, there have been so many self-proclaimed messiahs, and they all died, but only one got back up. That's our Jesus Christ. See, I'm telling you, God created you to be alive, right? Here's the deal. God created you to be alive. Our sin killed us. We were dead and useless, but Jesus did something about it. He made a way for us, and things are different now. Freedom, life, it's all real. Romans 8.1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, amen? For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. When Jesus rose, it sent shockwaves into all of nature and supernature. When Jesus rose, he publicly said to the devil, you don't get my kids. When Jesus rose, he demonstrated that he is victorious every time. And if he's victorious, we get to win. He said, I'm the king of creation. I showed up. Why do you think there was an earthquake at the cross site? Because all of creation knew the king was here. Listen, when he rose, he told Israel, you know that Messiah you've been waiting for? I'm him. I'm just telling you. It was that catalytic moment of the resurrection. But understand this, Jesus didn't just rise up to make you amazed. 
Jesus rose up that you might have a new life. That means we got to take that catalytic explosion, that catalytic moment, and allow it to engage and activate a process whereby we live that new life, whereby we take advantage of all that he bought us on the cross. I'm talking about this is where we get to walk in freedom, where bad things no longer get to dictate our lives. You understand what I'm talking about? Let me explain this a little bit. We are part of this long chain reaction. Listen to this. The love of God led to the sending of the Son of God, which led to the birth of Christ, which led to the perfect life of Christ, which led to the death of Christ for our sins, which led to the resurrection of Christ, which led to the coming of the Holy Spirit in power at Pentecost, which led to the launch of the early Christian church with fire, and that leads us to today. You see, a moment is supposed to catalyze a movement. In your life, you may or may not yet have that catalytic moment, but if you have that, it should activate the rest of your life. And so at the end of this, I'm going to pray for those types of things. But let me just do this. I know you may not be an amen person, okay? There are some of you that are not amen people. Some of you are, but you're awkward, so you're struggling there, okay? Because you never know if you're going to say it, no one's going to say it, right? And you're just like, ah, that was awkward. (laughs) I can't take that. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Everybody's like, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but, okay. So I'm going to read eight statements. If you agree to these statements, I want you to say amen. And we can say it together so it's not super awkward. Here we go. Here we go. First statement, because Jesus rose again, it means that Jesus is who he said he is and will do what he said he will do. Amen. amen. Come on. Number two, if Jesus rose, then we need him every day in every way. Amen. Yeah. Number three, if Jesus rose, then fear no longer gets to rule our life. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Number four, if Jesus rose, then our God is a jealous God, and though he doesn't tolerate sin, he died and rose and sets us free from sin's power. Amen. Amen. Number five, if he rose, then we can be bold and confident in sharing our faith because our God lives. Amen. Number six, if Jesus rose, then he's coming at any time back and expects to find us working for him and ready to go. Amen. Amen. Number seven, if Jesus rose, then our most powerful Lord loves us so strongly that he would die. He is so powerful that nothing will stop him from chasing his children down and loving us into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Last one, if Jesus rose, then no matter where you've been, what you've done, your life can be activated today as you make Jesus as your Lord. Amen. Amen. Could I have our our worship leader come on out here and just join me? Here's the deal. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Listen, I'm gonna end with a prayer time. And there's three groups of people I want to pray for. Number one is there's some of us that have yet to been catalyzed. The love of God has only been theoretical to you. You've heard about it, but you never felt it. But maybe today you feel it. Maybe today it's resonating in your spirit and you are realizing you got no plan for your afterlife. You don't even have a plan for this life. You don't know how to take care of your sin. You know you may be a good person, but you know darn well you've been living selfishly and you know you're separate from your God. 
right now the love of God is melting your heart. There are some of us that need to receive Jesus Christ and everything he gave us on the cross. Every single thing that he bought for us needs to be true. All the forgiveness, all the grace, all the cleansing, all the joy, all the freedom. If you need that type of cleansing, I'm going to pray for you in a moment. The second group is there's some of us that you've been a child of God for a while. You know the Lord. He's yours. But somehow, some way, I don't know if it was the lies of the enemy, the challenges of this life, but you have lived your life so small. You found yourself in a corner, whether or not it's been stuff like what I had to wrestle with, with mental health challenges, with the anxiety I've had to face. Maybe for you, it's depression. Maybe it was just sheer lack of confidence. Maybe you're the one disqualifying yourself. Maybe you're the one saying I'm not worthy or maybe God can't use me. But what has happened is your world has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And you as a Christian who is saved and set free doesn't feel free. You've been living in a little tiny corner and you need to be activated. I'm gonna pray for that. The third group that I'm going to pray for today is that there's some of us, believers, non-believers, we're really having a hard time engaging with anything I'm saying because your pain level is too high. I don't know if it's emotional pain or it's physical pain, but you're having a hard time tracking on what I'm saying right now. I'm going to pray for your healing today. Can we do that? Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's spend some time praying. Holy Spirit, we invite you here in a fresh way. You've always been among us. But what we're asking for is that maybe in this moment, Holy Spirit, you can begin to activate the hearts around us. That, Lord, that you begin to touch each and every life individually. God, I don't know what we all need, but you do. What I do know and what weighs so heavy on my heart, Lord, is that I'd be afraid that anyone would walk out of here not being a child of God. I don't understand how that would work. I don't know how to live my life without being your child. So God, if you are melting someone's heart with your love right now, I just want to pray that you would rescue us, that you would hear our call, that you would hear our prayers. If you're in this room right now or you're listening to my voice or you're watching online and you would like to receive Jesus' forgiveness and cleansing and have the cross be true for you, I want you to raise your hand. Just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up, right? Just tell the Lord, I need to be saved. I need to be healed. I need to be fresh. I need to be forgiven. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we lifted up our hands because we said, you told us that if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. We are claiming that right now, that we don't have an ability to save ourselves. You're the only Savior that showed up. And so we just say, Jesus, everything that you bought, everything that you fought for, everything that you died for, we want to be true for us. We don't want to just turn over a new leaf. We want to be a new creation. Would you tear down that which has held us bound and set us free? You said whoever the sun sets free will be free indeed. We are praying right now, Lord, that all your grace that you have, all your extravagant love, all of your cleansing and forgiveness would wash down upon us right here, right now. Make us children of God. Make us a new creation that forevermore we can say, my God is my Father. Save us, Lord. God, there's some of us that we are believers. Lord, we've, we've known you. We walk with you. We actually talk to you all the time about it. And yet, Lord, somehow our lives do not reflect the freedom you said we should have. It doesn't reflect the power or the authority. 
and we need to be activated. If you want your life activated and you're saying, Lord, I need more of your boldness and your confidence. I need to walk with you and believe you at your truth. Increase my faith, God. Anybody need that today? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pray for you. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we raise our hand and we said, increase our faith. Holy Spirit, come and ignite us afresh. Bring your holy fire down into our lives. Allow us to become alive like never before. Allow us to begin to believe you at your word, that your word would be more true than our experiences. That, Lord, that we would begin to walk with our head up and our shoulders back, and that we would be excited to walk into divine appointment, that we would be excited excited to march out of our homes and be the church, the salt and light you designed us to be. We refuse to allow the lies of the enemy to stop us. We break that in Jesus' name. We break all the trauma that has held us back in Jesus' name. We break all the mental health issues that have come against us in Jesus' name. And we are asking for your full freedom. Everything you bought for us, we say, yes, God, activate us today. And indeed, Lord, there's some of us that right now, the pain level's off the charts. For some of us, Lord, it's emotional, the betrayal, it's whatever it is. And there's some of us, Lord, where our bodies are just aching and crying out. And they're so distracting. If you are currently suffering from, from pain, extreme pain, either emotional or physical, can you just raise your hand? I'm gonna pray for you. Yeah? Yep. Okay, who else? All right, cool, all right, we got it. Jesus, what you said by rising from the dead is that you're the king of all creation, that all of nature must bow to you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we proclaim through the power of the Holy Spirit, healing to flow in this room. Lord, there's some of us that had the guts to raise our hand and some of us that didn't. Quite frankly, Lord, we're so beat down, we don't even feel like we want to raise our hand anymore. I just pray you would increase those of us with faith that we would be able to raise our hand and say, Lord, heal me. Heal me. I've been praying about it and praying about it and praying about it. And I didn't feel like it was going anywhere. But in this holy moment, Holy Spirit, would you just release your healing power across this place that we might be able to have the healing we've longed so much for. I pray, Lord, from the top of our head, all those that have had problems within their brains, whether that was stroke issues or that was aneurysm issues, whether that was migraine issues, or whether or not, Lord, it was just plain old headaches, I pray, Lord, that you would release the pressure in our heads and make them right. Lord, down through our neck and our shoulders, give us full range of motion with our arms. Would you allow our joints to be healed once again? Lord, would you allow our necks to be aligned in Jesus' name, our backs to be aligned in Jesus' name, our hips to be aligned in Jesus' name. Lord, our lungs to be filled with the air of heaven, no longer being damaged, but being made whole in the name of Jesus. We proclaim in your name, God, that our our organs that have failed us, Lord, they would be reignited and made healthy and whole in Jesus' name. Lord, the pain in our knees and our feet and the circulation issues that we have had for years, I just pray for the blood to flow easy and the pain to leave in Jesus' name. God, there's some of us, our pain is strictly emotional. We feel so lost and so hurt 
And God, our trauma continues to tell us which day we're gonna have and it's unacceptable. So right now, God, we ask that you would remake our minds, that you would chase out the lies of the enemy, that you would chase out that which is wrong thinking and make it right, that our mind and our thoughts would align with you, God, in your word. Everything that you say is accurate. Lord, we begin to say no to all the self-damage and the tearing down And God, we just pray right now, even what people have done to us, they don't get to dictate our joy level. So we say, be released in Jesus' name. God, I just ask a blessing over this family, this whole family right here, right here today. I just pray a blessing in Jesus' name that God, that you would flow. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just begin to pour out love, affirmation, encouragement, strength, and power. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.